Welcome to the refresh from Insider, presented by WebEx by Cisco. I'm Rebecca Ibarra. And I'm Dave Smith. It's Tuesday, June 21st, and we're bringing you real time news, fresh like live radio, but on demand like podcasts. Here's the latest. Day four of the hearings from the House January 6th committee is underway. Today's session is expected to focus on Donald Trump's efforts to pressure state officials to help him overturn the 2020 election. Among those testifying live will be Arizona's House Speaker Republican Rusty Bowers and Georgia's Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, who was the one Trump asked to find 11,000 extra votes. Committee Chair Benny Thompson pointed to the recent elections in New Mexico in which the lies spread in 2020 seeped in. One county commission refused to certify the results. That man was Coy Griffin, who was found guilty of storming the Capitol on January 6th. The court stepped in, saying New Mexico law required the commission to certify the results. Two members of the commission eventually relented and agreed to certify, but Griffin refused. Saying his vote, quote, isn't based on any evidence, it's not based on any facts. It's only based on my gut feeling and my own intuition, and that's all I need. Committee member Adam Schiff is leading the questioning today. His opening remarks included the long-term impact of violent threats against election officials. The president's lie was and is a dangerous cancer on the body politic. If you can convince Americans that they cannot trust their own elections, that any time they lose it is somehow illegitimate, then what is left but violence to determine who should govern? The Supreme Court has struck down an education program in Maine that offered tuition assistance for students to attend private schools so long as those schools did not offer religious instruction. The 6-3 ruling was along ideological lines, and it makes excluding religious schools from voucher programs unconstitutional. It was one of five decisions the court released this morning, leaving 13 still to come before the end of the month, including on abortion. The International Swimming Federation has passed a new rule that will ban most transgender women from participating in elite competitions. The new policy says they'll only be able to compete if they transitioned before 12 years old. That excludes most transgender women because many don't start the transition process until adulthood, according to Cedar sinai But the governing body says it's looking into creating a third category for transgender athletes who don't meet these new criteria. Today and every day, we're updating the refresh from Insider as news happens. We'll be watching today's January 6th committee hearing, so check back this afternoon for highlights. Coming up, with historically high interest rates and lots of market volatility, we talk about where everyday folks can most safely invest right now. The changing world of hybrid work offers new possibilities. WebEx enables them with an open platform and many integrated partners like Notion, Unifor, and SalesLoft. Powerful partnerships power hybrid work. Visit apphub.webex.com. WebEx, working for everyone. The Texas State Senate is holding a public hearing about the delayed police response in Uvalde. Steve McGraw, he's the state's Department of Public Safety director, laid out a minute-by-minute timeline of law enforcement failures. If you've got one officer, that's enough. 
McGraw says instead, police waited for a SWAT team and radios and keys to the classroom when they were supposed to do more to stop the dying. That's preached practiced and required the state of Texas. It just wasn't implemented. He says it went beyond confusion about the chain of command. All officers present failed. This set our profession back a decade. The Texas Republican Party passed a number of resolutions over the weekend. They officially rejected the results of the 2020 presidential election. They called for a complete abortion ban. They want to prohibit the teaching of sex education and sexual identity in public schools. And they refer to homosexuality as a, quote, abnormal lifestyle choice. Also, they want a referendum in the 2023 general election to decide whether Texas should secede from the United States. To be totally clear, the year is 2022. A Nebraska man has pleaded guilty to sending death threats to Colorado Secretary of State. Travis Ford says he sent several threats to Jenna Griswold on social media after she said the 2020 election was secure and that Donald Trump's claims of election fraud weren't true. Ford's case is notable because it's the first guilty plea out of the DOJ's Election Threats Task Force, which started last year and investigates threats against election workers. A Russian tennis player found a way to compete at Wimbledon despite the tournament's ban on Russian and Belarusian players. Natella Zelamidze is a dual citizen of Russia and Georgia, so she simply changed her nationality to Georgian. She said she had been weighing the nationality change for years anyway, and now she'll be able to compete in the famed tennis tournament, which starts next week. New York State has passed a law to keep local officials from changing voter requirements that could suppress voters of color. Governor Kathy Hochul says the first in the nation law restores rights from the 1965 Voting Rights Act that were gutted by a 2013 Supreme Court decision. The law requires local governments or school districts with a history of discrimination to get approval from the state before changing voting policies. The markets are going to hell in a handbasket, to quote my colleague Lynette Lopez. Inflation is at a 40-year high. Stocks are especially volatile. The housing market is expensive and another recession may be on the way. So what can people do with their money that is safe but still gives them a little profit? And I mean regular folks, not people who have hundreds of thousands of dollars or an insider's knowledge of the stock market. Jasmine Suarez leads the personal finance team at Insider, and she's here to help. Jasmine, I've been looking for a place to put money that gives me a little more back than a savings account, and I just learned about iSavings bonds. So in plain English for people like me, what are they? So iSavings bonds are a really low-risk savings product. So iBonds, you know, they are backed by the full faith of the U.S. government. So, you know, there's a lot of security there. And it's a savings bond that earns a combination of a fixed rate that stays the same throughout the life of the bond and an inflation rate that's set twice a year. So for bonds issued from May of this year through October of this year, 2022, the combined rate is 9.62. Which is a good chunk of change. Yeah, absolutely. Another option are Treasury Inflation Protected Securities. They're also called TIPS, Uh T-I-P-S. And so these are treasury securities whose principal is adjusted according to changes in the consumer price index, CPI. So that just means when inflation goes up, the principal of your TIPS increase. And with deflation, it decreases. 
Something else you can consider outside of investing in stocks and bonds are CDs. Um, you can consider a CD ladder, and that's just a strategy in which you divide a sum of money into equal amounts, and you can invest them in CDs that have different spread out maturity dates. Um, let's say you choose a five-year CD. That means you won't have access to that money until five years. Obviously, you can dip into the funds, but you're generally looking at penalties. But the idea is that you're planning ahead. And so you can continue putting some money in a five-year CD. Next year, you can put some more money in another five-year CD. And then five years from now, if you continue that, you will have CDs that are maturing every year, starting from the first one that you've invested in. The longer the CD, the higher the interest rate. So, you know, if you're signing up for a one-year CD, you'll get one interest rate. But if you sign up for a five-year CD, it's going to be a lot higher. If this feels like a daunting endeavor, you know, if you haven't even started saving your money or investing, what advice would you have for someone? They should consider the future. There's a lot of talk of an impending recession. So that's definitely something to think about. So if you're going to be investing, which you totally can do, don't panic sell anything. If anything, you can reallocate your assets in your portfolio. And as I mentioned before, you can consider bonds. They tend to be really safe or safer than other assets. And I would say start small, you know, start with a small amount of money that they are okay with letting go because with any investments comes risk, of course. Just start with, you know, $50 if that's something you're comfortable with and do a lot of research into what you're investing. Is this something that has long-term gains? Is this something that historically has done well during a recession? Jasmine, thanks for chatting with me. Thanks for having me. Jasmine Suarez is a personal finance editor at Insider. Make sure to follow The Refresh from Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave a rating and review. It helps other people discover the show. You can also just tell your smart speaker to play the Refresh from Insider podcast. I'm Dave Smith. And I'm Rebecca Ibarra. Talk to you soon. Bye.